It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Break. Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills at the mic along with Joe Madore. First day of March, 6.06 on the clock and 43 degrees and sunny outside in southeast Ohio. Joey, it feels like baseball weather, kind of. You know, we go from, you know, football weather, for whatever that means, now to you know, indoor sports of basketball. And, you know, when it's sunny outside, when it's nice and warm, uh, look nice forward to Nice and towards. warm. It's 40 degrees out. It's better what than what about? it's been. It has definitely been better than what it has been. Oh, yeah. And like, it, it was feels... in the 60s last night. That was baseball yeah. weather, not today. Well, all right, it was... I think it was around like 50. I think things have cooled off just a little bit uh, from what it was. Uh, but 56 on Wednesday, you know, we'll be inside for some postseason basketball. Uh, federal Hawking on 105 and Trimble right here on 970 WATH. But, um, you know, it's a little bit warmer weather. Feeling a little bit good and, uh, you know, got to take this good momentum into the postseason for basketball because, you know, Trimble and Federal Hawking both looking to uh, build on some success. They're both sectional champions, and they go into the district semis against teams where they could you know, face uh, some adversity. Uh, but we got to wait and find out and, and see what they have there. Uh, of course, a win for Trimble over Paint Valley. That was a 65-42 to win, and Federal Hawking won against Green in an impressive fashion, 24 points, 94-70. to over the weekend, plus the Athens Bulldogs got a win over Wellston and secured at least a share of the TBC Ohio title with a 76 to 64 win. They now have a makeup game, two makeup games left before their regular season comes to a close at River Valley on Thursday and home against Megs on Friday. Yeah, I was at that federal hockey game on Saturday. That was a fun one to watch. They pretty much lit up the scoreboard. Uh, had 10 different guys all get in the scoring column, and the team they were playing, Green, only had nine guys on their team. So Federal Hockey had more guys scoring than uh, the other team had on their roster, which was quite something to see there. But uh, they looked good, and if the Lancers continue to shoot the ball like they did and you know play defense well enough, I mean, if they score, you know, around here, you're scoring 94 points, you're going to win most games uh, that you end up doing that, and unless it's a completely, you know, just a complete throw the defenses out the window and. It's all offense, but uh, if they're playing like they were, they got so many guys involved playing well. Wes Carpenter stepped up, had a big game with 18. Lane Smith got into double figures. So a couple guys who, you know, not their traditional go-to guys to get buckets uh, stepped up for him. Lucas had another big game, and, uh, you know, they, they did something a little different doing the uh, five-in, five-out kind of swap there uh, was how they would substitute most of their guys. Interesting tactic, maybe because uh, they play a lot of games down the stretch trying to keep guys fresh and of course we talk about how they have nine ten guys who can play and play well and they showed that in that game against green and uh you know now they're going on to play uh fairland so it's going to be that's after an upset they took down the, the six seed st joseph's who beat federal hawking last year in uh, this district quarterfinals game so it's going to be uh interesting to see how that how that one shapes up with you know both teams playing pretty well right i mean this is the point of the season, and plus the Fairland team upset uh, the St. Joe's team that knocked Federal Hawking out of the postseason last year. So this is a team that, you know, St. Joe's 
was looking pretty good. They were a higher seed. Fairland comes in. They knocked them out of the tournament. Uh, so you cannot look past, even though they are, uh, what are they, 14? Uh, they're the 11. They're the 11. So even though they are the 11 seed in the tournament, you know, they're pretty formidable going in. And uh, you know, Federal Hawking can't look past them as though we would like to see the Federal Hawking and, and Trimble game coming up on Saturday, hopefully. Uh, but both teams have some some good foes, you know, heading into that area uh, until we get that spot. Yeah, Fairfield, going to be interesting. But uh, yeah, tell you what, that green team, uh, for being a 14th seed, they came in and they played pretty pretty well. I mean, most time you score 70 points on offense, you feel pretty good. And they had that one kid who's a sophomore, by the way, scored 37 against them. He had a heck of a game, and they can surround him by one or two guys. Green could uh, maybe turn this on the special here these next couple of years because he uh, – he kind of reminded me a lot of Blake Guffey to make like a TVC reference. Just really good at finishing around the rim, extremely athletic, can outjump pretty much anybody. He had a freaking two-handed N1 dunk towards the end of the game that, I mean, I wish we could have the call back. I thought we had it recorded in the in the studio here, but it ended up not. But me and Brad had quite a reaction because <laughs> it was just kind of the point of the game where the starters were starting to get subbed out, you know, the playoff game season's over. The losing teams starting to sub their seniors out because it's the last time they get in the play, so they get the standing ovation. And this kid just comes flying down the lane and launches and <laughs> dunks over Tyler Rogers. And I, I, I mean, I think I just yelled "Whoa!" Like because <laughs> it just came out of nowhere. And I don't think we've seen a dunk all season in any of the games we've called. So it was uh, quite impressive, despite uh, the losing effort for Green. Right. I know uh, Nelsonville York has a kid who can dunk. Keegan Swope. Uh, I, I believe is his name. That was McKee that dunked. Oh, McKee, yeah, McKee could have been the guy that uh, Troy and I were talking about, you know, the Nelsonville York. There's a lot of talented sophomores in the TVC Ohio and TVC Hawking. Um, but, you know, it's going to be interesting next couple of years. I know Athens will have to look to reload and, and figure out what they want to do. Um, but Trimble still has you know, a very young crew that's coming back next year. Federal Hawking, uh, you know, has a very talented team, and I think that they have a lot coming back next year. Uh, Nelsonville York is only going to continue to get better. Obviously, with Alexander, they have uh, the talented sophomore in Diagostino. So Diagostino will just continue to get better and better and probably will be the TVC Ohio Player of the Year this year if it wasn't for Braden Whiting. Um, and then, of course, you know, take a look around the other area. Uh, Wellston has uh, a good guy in uh, Kyan Urban, and Urban had a... a game high 29 points against Athens on senior night. I mean, if Wellston had a little bit of help, they'd be a pretty good basketball team, but they're on the up and up. They've had a couple different head coaches over the last couple of years and just a talented, uh, talented kid, but a lot of talent coming in and, uh, yeah, next couple of years in the TVC Ohio should, should get a little bit better. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know who they, I mean, and you know, teams still have games to play this year yet. But uh, it looks like Athens is going to go on to win the outright title. I would be shocked. Maybe Megs can get a win over them. Uh, but, I, you know, River Valley is just, you don't see that happening. Uh, be, right. It would take quite an upset there. But uh, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, Athens losing, obviously, Whiting is a big part of the team this year. Losing matters. Losing a few other guys. Um, so we'll see. And I know every year it's kind of Athens lose a bunch of guys and people start to question how good they're going to be. And they for three straight years now, found themselves at the top of the conference when it's all said and done. But this next year coming up, you're really going to be looking at, okay, who are they going to have here to make up for this production, that Braden Whiting? Because uh, that's a big hole that they're that they're going to be missing. And then, you, like you mentioned, they have all these other teams 
Megs will have uh, Coulter Cleland back as a senior. Right. Uh, Alexander's going to have the Augustino and that Barnhouse kid who will both only be juniors. You mentioned the Irving kid for Wellston. Vidden County is going to be solid like they always are. So there's going to be a lot of talent in the TVC, and so it should be interesting to see uh, how that all plays out next year. Yeah, I mean, maybe Landon Wheatley steps up from the JV team. Um, you know, there, there are a bunch of options that maybe Athens can go to, and maybe somebody who's not there yet, maybe somebody transfers in. But the only returning starter would be Derek Welch. Hey, you have all until next year to figure that out. But as of right now, we got on the line uh, Brandon Monty. It's been a while since Monty's been on our airwaves, and it's good to you know, hear him again and get him back on the air. Um, yeah, because it's been a while, Monty. How you been? I'm doing good, guys. How are you guys doing? I think, Brandon Monty, I'm doing quite well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Connor, you, by the way, Connor, you got to chill on that whole uh, 40 degrees is baseball weather. Oh, he's ridiculous, dude. a little ahead of yourself. Listen, right now it was freezing. When it's under 20 degrees, anything for a, a period of time, and it gets warmer than that, you know, it, it's, it, while it might not be, you know, quote-unquote baseball weather, Anything warmer than 20, I'm glad to have because it's been freezing over the last couple of days. Uh, I'll give you that one. But, hey, as Joey indicated in our little inside joke, it is March Madness season. It's my favorite time of year, the first day of March. And plus the baseball coming back up, it best time of year in my opinion. Right. And what, what's, uh, I mean, how you do, you're in the Cleveland area now, right? Correct. I've been back at home since last year like you said it, it's been a pretty quick year since the last time i saw you guys miss being down in uh in athens but uh for the last couple months since sports came back just been calling games from around my area now i saw that most recently you've been doing girls games up in there and and you've been doing um uh you know their postseason games now what what's what's it like at the high school scene kind of up north well, in the high school scene right now, there's still about a handful of teams in my county that are still in the playoffs. Um, the Perry boys team, unfortunately, Perry's been kind of the main high school that I've been covering with some other ones around the area as well. But boys team got upset in the first round, unfortunately. Uh, girls team is playing in the regional semifinal tomorrow night. Well, there you go. So, I mean, that's uh, if they win the... Who would they have tomorrow night? Who they have tomorrow night? They are playing Poland Seminary is the name of the team. So four wins left until or four wins to go, I should say, for state championship. Mm. Well, Monty, your your favorite team, the Eastern Eagles, had a had a rough year on the boys' side. They didn't win a single game, and uh, we called a couple of years. Oh, it was it, it, it was tough to, tough to watch. Uh, <laughs> Them play that is tough. tough to hear. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they lost Behringer and uh, not enough there to pick up the slack, obviously. But uh, that, that is bringing me back to the Hardwood Heroes days. That, that really uh, <laughs> that really just put me in a bad mood there. That, that was not something that I expected or wanted to hear on this call tonight, but I, I guess it is what it is. Yeah, winless year. But we do got a couple other TVC Hawking teams playing quite well right now in uh, federal Hawking and Trimble, and hopefully we get to see them square off in a district final here in a, in a couple of days because that would be a, a crazy atmosphere to be in. And that, I know that, is the, that is the one thing I miss about covering the basketball games in that area was the, uh, the Fed Hawk versus Trimble rivalry. You, you couldn't beat it in that area. And be in the district final, too, that would be a big matchup. 
And Monty, you know, we've been here, I mean, you know, we both graduated last December. We've been here for about three and a half years, maybe longer. Uh, but we were here when Federal Hawking was struggling athletically. You know, maybe they had um, the, uh, the, the girls' team in basketball. They had Paige Tolson, and, and you know, they've been doing pretty well. Uh, they've had a, a good couple of years. But, you know, in, in Federal Hawking football and in basketball, they, they struggled for quite a while. But this basketball team has really come together under Coach Thompson. And, you know, now they're, they've won back-to-back sectional titles. And they're projected, they have to win this game on Wednesday first, but they're projected, you know, to go into the district final and face Trimble for a third time this season. But it's been remarkable over our time, you know, how they have shifted and gotten better uh, from the summer of 2017 all the way up until now, 2021. Oh, you're absolutely right. I remember back in the Hardwood Heroes days, I think the most intense game that I went to was Trimble versus Fedhawk. And I remember the stories when I first transferred to OU was, you know, the turnaround that Fedhawk was having from a basketball standpoint and how they were struggling to really get people to come out. And then all of a sudden, they're one of the premier teams in the area, maybe the biggest draw in the area. And those Trimble-Fedhawk games, they, I remember the gym was packed. You know, people were trying to get in at the last second. You couldn't find a seat anywhere. It was just excellent basketball. So that would be, like I said, just awesome to see them in the district final. Yeah, and, you know, we the other night, Joey and I actually took the Jambulance out to, uh, out to Stewart. And it, <laughs> even though, you know, there's not a whole lot of fans, and while it's a basketball game... You I know, thought Connor was going to run us off the road a couple times <laughs> driving that thing out there. It's, the Jambulance is pretty fun, let me, let me tell you. But um, you going a little too fast there in that ambulance? You running people <laughs> off the road in that? No, day? hey Monty, you know there's some sharp turns going around Stewart, and uh, Millsy wasn't breaking saying, on any of them. There's a lot of quick turns in this area, Connor. You got to be careful. Listen, with the ambulance, I was very careful. Plus, you know, I, I kind of felt bad because the people who were stuck behind me, I'm like, all right, there's no guardrail. That's a steep cliff uh, off to my right. I'm not going to go fast around this turd. And I think it might have even been raining earlier on that day, too. So I was not going to take any chances uh, in, in the ambulance driving out there. But, you know, for... That ambulance is a treasure. you got to protect it at all costs. You do. You do. <laughs> and it was a shame because, you know, a game like Trimble and Federal Hawking deserves to have the crowd that you've been talking about, right? It deserves to have no the question. fan base and, and, and everything that, there. With COVID, it's just changed everything. Oh, absolutely. And with Perry, they're a school that really prioritizes their sports. Uh, I was doing football games for them in the fall. And seeing stadiums at half or quarter capacity, you know, it, it's upsetting. And it, it definitely takes away from the atmosphere of the games. I feel like I'm talking to myself back in December calling games. They weren't letting really any fans in. So it, feel like you could hear yourself think in stadiums and you know you're just not accustomed to seeing that especially at these bigger games but glad to see that you know they're letting some fans in and it definitely like that just adds to the atmosphere you know it's a big part of the game yeah it's also kind of weird early on where you would be you know broadcasting a game this year and there'd be like someone's parent they just an earshot away from you and the whole time you're just thinking that- that was one funny thing, though, is that the fans who were there, you could hear 
distinctly what they were saying. You could hear all the chatter out <laughs> right. of the fans that were. Yep. I think the refs were actually feeling pretty thankful because they weren't getting uh, chirped as much during the games early on. But I was talking about it with my color analyst as the fans were coming back and they were starting to yell at the refs. I'm like, yep, basketball's <laughs> back. The fans are back. Yes, we've had a couple of times, and I don't know the names. I guess Troy knows knows the people, but I think three times this season we've had a couple of fans thrown out of the stadium uh, or out, <laughs> out of the gym. And uh, they're, that... they're antsy to get back. They they need to. They haven't been able to speak their minds at games in a while. They're they're ready. And I mean, these are parents, though. I mean, these are people who are either watching their kids play in the JV game, or these are kids uh, parents watching their kids play in the varsity game. Uh, and it makes it even more, on the flip side, it makes it even more difficult for the limited fans there. Like, the refs can really single you out if you say something yeah, they don't you, like. You can't hide as much as you used to, <laughs> no question. Yeah. Uh, but it made it for an interesting season. It made it for a uh, different year. I mean, if, you may, if you keep your mask pulled up, it might be a little tougher for the pick out who said it. True. Right. You would think that, you yeah. know, it, <laughs> if you keep the mask, it could be a good disguise. <laughs> Well, but then again, like, there's only so many people in that area that it could have been. If you're wearing the mask or yeah, not. Yeah, that's if a good point. It, it, yeah. If you're the one of five people in a section, it, it can get a little tricky. Yep. Yep. And if you're the person that looks a little sheepish after the ref looks your way, you, you kind of, <laughs> you got that guilty look on your face, even though you can't really see the whole face. Exactly. But uh, it's been good. And, um, you know, hopefully as we progress deeper and deeper into the postseason, uh, we're able to see these games being played at neutral sites. Uh, the one thing that was really taken away, and I know that you covered a whole lot of games you know, during your time here, uh, was the, the games inside the Convocation Center, right? Because coaches and, and yep. teams look forward to getting to the Convo. You, you know that if you made it to the Convocation Center, you've had a successful year. And this year, these games coming up would have been played in the Convocation Center, in the district semis, in the district finals. Uh, and even the regions. Uh, so while you've still made it this far, it's a little bit of a different feel because now you're playing these games in somebody else's home gymnasium or your own in the case for Trimble and Federal Hawking. No, you nailed it right on the head. I mean, it's, it's the big stage. It's what everyone wants to get to. And I think even with limited fans, still the anticipation builds up enough and the intensity is there to where... You know, the games will still obviously be very competitive. They'll still, of course, mean a lot. But, again, it, missing the fans, it, it, it's just it's tough. I mean, that's all you can really say is that it's tough. But, luckily, I mean, at the minimum, we've still got a full season. We, we played a whole year and just got to be thankful for that. Absolutely. And, you know, a couple teams around here, you know, even three quarantine periods, right? And now you have to get... You know, you're playing five, six days in a row. Federal where... Hawking had 42 days this year where they were in quarantine. Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy, but um, they're still out there. They're still playing. They've dropped 90 points in the dist in the uh, sectional final. So, you know, they uh, they hit this season in stride. You know, they they played it safe. But Monty, we got to take a short break. We'll talk about some Bobcats with you uh, on the other side of this. Sounds good. Thank you guys for having me. Yep. That's Brandon Monty. We'll be back with him and Joey Medor and myself right after this. It's a Sports Fan 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. 
From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice. We celebrate life. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer. Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-16. Or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. Integrated Services uh, is constantly seeking partnerships. How can I have a meaningful relationship with primary care providers so that we can take care of our shared community of people that need support? We've grown exponentially, and I really see the next five to ten years being a similar story. The opportunities are endless. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Back inside for the Sports Fan, 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Mills on the mic, 627 on the clock with Joe Medora and Brandon Monty joining us on the phone line. It's always good to have Monty. It's been probably about right, Monty. It's been about a year because uh, a pandemic hit right around this time. I think I saw you maybe in person once or twice, and then that, that's really been it. But it's, uh, again, good to have you on the airwaves. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I, I feel like the last time I uh, saw you guys, we were in uh, the Shively Dining Hall. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, they got rid of it. Oh, yeah, I, I was sad. I, when I saw that news story, that... Miss the memories from that place. Good times. Yeah, me, and, time. me and Monty had many Shively, uh, Shively, <laughs> Shively lunch runs where there'd be some outrageous things said. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, plus whenever whenever me and Monty and sometimes Brad would be here, got together for a sports fan, it was always a uh, an electrifying experience. So that's putting it lightly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard. Is there a rumor that Shively's coming back? Because there I have was, no idea. There's some kind of overflow, right? That uh, I, I think somebody told me that the Boyd Dining Hall and the uh, Nelson Dining Hall were both full to capacity, and there were people just missing lunch or dinner or whatever. Or they need breakfast. it now more than ever. Yeah. Listen, I mean, you got to... Shively, Shively Dining Hall can save a lot of issues right now, that's for sure. Yep. <laughs> Only the, uh, the chicken nuggets, though, right? You got to get there on a nugget day. Ah, oh, nothing like it. Well, yeah, of course. Nothing like, nuggets every day. Nothing that's like not coming from nothing it. like coming from ethics class and just sitting down, <laughs> having some chicken nuggets at Shively. Uh, but anyway, talking about the Bobcats at Ohio University, they were on a roll, Monty. Our uh, our alma mater. We're doing pretty good in basketball. 
You know, you had a huge win over Akron. You're playing a lot of games in a short amount of time, but as was Buffalo, and Buffalo came away with an impressive win over Ohio, 86-66, a 20-point victory. They scored 52 points uh, in the first half, and, uh, you know, Bobcats, again, were looking pretty good, but they just did not have the solution for the Bulls the second time around this season. I tell you what, the, the Mac, I didn't really know what to expect from just the Mac in general coming into this year, but there are a lot of very talented teams yeah. in this conference. I, I think it's one of the best, if not the best, mid-major conference, really, in the entire country. I mean, you've got a top eight going to this tournament in Cleveland full of, I think, four or five teams that can realistically say, you know, we're a top 100 team in the country. So it, it's going to be a fun MAC tournament. I think Toledo's the front runner, but OU, if I'm not mistaken, they are third in the yeah, MAC standings cur- currently. No, they're they're four. Uh, no, five. They're five right now because oh, well, with with the win from Buffalo, that put Buffalo on top of Ohio because Buffalo is trailing by just half a game. Um, that's and then, true. And plus, OU yeah. hasn't played as many games. There's a lot of other teams as well. So that, but still, I, I mean, once you get to the conference tournament, records are out the window. And OU has shown this year, especially with Jason Press, this, this offense has looked very good under Jeff Bulls. And you know, they won six games in a row before that loss to Buffalo. Seems like they've they're, they're back in their rhythm after that COVID pause, which is a good sign. And I think with two regular season games left against Kent and BG, I, I think they can make some noise going into the conference tournament. And the big dance definitely isn't out of the question. Yeah, and Monty, I mean, obviously losing by 20 at home is never really, a, you know, anything you want to hang your hat on in any kind of situation. But it was just kind of one of those games where, you know, Buffalo got hot from behind the arc, which they're not a really a great three-point shooting team this year, which is kind of an anomaly. And Ohio couldn't really get the lid off. I mean, it was just kind of... One of those days, no matter what open look Ohio was getting, just nothing was really falling. I mean, you have Ben Vanderplast even make a field goal. You know, Dwight Wilson had made, I think, it was like 38 of his last 41 shots going in the game. He shoots below 50% for the first time in a long time. I mean, Preston had issues turning the ball over. It's just, they looked a little tired. They looked a little worn out. Uh, but, you know, what I've been trying to tell myself is, you know, I'd rather you get a performance like that out of the way now than in a, in a week and a half from now when they're playing, you know, Buffalo potentially again in, sure. in the MAC tournament. The biggest thing to me with this team coming into the year is what you were going to get out of Dwight Wilson out of the post because he played three seasons at James Madison and didn't have anywhere near the kind of production he's had at OU. I mean, he has been, to me, the biggest difference maker to this team. And I, obviously, Jason Preston is star player, NBA prospect, but Dwight Wilson's improvement, I think, has really sort of propelled this team. Yeah, I think Roderick's a big part of that, too, because, you know, in his first year and a half in college, it was really, you know, he was a three-point specialist, uh, top five in the MAC this year in three-pointers made, but didn't really see much else in his game. I mean, in this last, since returning from COVID, I mean, we've seen him drive into the basket with confidence, you know, taking some N1s and getting big baskets and still being able to knock down the three ball and when you kind of sit back and look at this team as a whole, if he gets hot from behind the arc for a two-week stretch in the MAC tournament, I mean, they're going to have four surefire scoring options that they've had all season long. And there's not really that many other teams in the MAC outside of maybe a Toledo 
that could have, you know, potentially the four guys that can fill up the, uh, the score sheet like Ohio could potentially have if a guy like Roderick's able to continue this hot stretch of play that he's had? No question. And the thing that I mean, Dwight Wilson is shooting 80% at the rim, uh, that, that's absurd. Yeah. When you have a bailout option in the post like that and you have the three-point shooting OU does to go along with Preston just being able to do everything, at the point guard spot, it, this OU team is dangerous. But I, I hate to go against the alma mater, but I have been really big on Toledo this year. I, I No team wants to come across Toledo in March, especially with how they shoot the ball. Right. I mean, I have to agree because Toledo's been at the top and they've been at the top for a while. Um, you know, Akron was there for some time, but now Akron's on a little bit of a slide. You know, Ohio blew them out. I think they lost their last game, uh, the most recent game. So, you know, Akron's kind of falling off a little bit. I think Buffalo's going to be a tough team, and uh, BG uh, is definitely going to be tough. But I think your top five, you know, you have the group of four with Ohio and Buffalo and, and Akron, but really Toledo, they haven't pulled away, but I think they are that number one team uh, and should be the favorite to win the Mid-American Conference. They definitely are, but Buffalo is surging, and they've won three games in a row now. Mind you, two of them were against Northern Illinois and Central Michigan, but Buffalo is coming off, I think, probably their best game of the season against OU. Now, the thing that concerns me about Buffalo is, like Joey said, they haven't been shooting the ball very well. So is that something that can actually last? Who knows? But... My two favorite teams going into the MAC tournament, and again, I know I'm biased, but I'd have to say Toledo OU. If that's the MAC championship, I would be pretty pleased. That would be some entertaining basketball. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, another team we're not really talking about that much is Kent State's had a heck of a run this year as well. As a matter of fact, they've pulled into the yeah. number two slot. I mean, outside of Toledo, who's probably going to get Bowling Green in their first game, I mean, I. I can't tell you with 100% confidence I can't pick any of the other first three first-round matchups of who's going to win because no, you have a solid Miami team, hard. Bowling Green. We know how good they can be, and they, they've slipped all the way down to six. So, you know, imagine coming in being a three seed, and guess what? You get to play Bowling Green. I mean, it's just that you mentioned it. That's how deep the conference is this year. And I, we actually had – I had – talking to Roth on the show last week about the same thing you mentioned about this might be the best mid-major conference. I mean, you have the top eight teams definitely in the top 150 in the nation. And as you mentioned, some of them are, you know, in the top 100. So it's uh, kind of impressive how deep of a conference. Now, the bottom of the conference is quite terrible. But uh, uh, those top eight teams are real solid. Absolutely. It's going to be a fun conference tournament. One of the more unheralded conference tournaments out there that I think will definitely deserve more attention. And it's just good to see the MAC really kind of exceeding expectations. A lot of teams have really, for lack of better words, they've played out of their minds this year. Right. And here's the thing to keep in mind, right? Because you do not have the Ivy League schools playing this year, which means that their automatic bid Whoever was going to win that Ivy Conference, that's going to be up for grabs and will be assigned to a different, you know, conference. So at the end of the day, you know, the, the normal at-large bids to the NCAA tournament, those 
are going to go out to, you know, whoever NCAA feels fit. But now you have an extra one in there that teams can play around with. And if it is a deep conference tournament and deep conferences we've been talking about, you know, maybe maybe the MAC might get another team instead nah. of just one. I, nah. <laughs> I, wish, I wish, but I don't think that'll. Michigan it's hard to see them not getting an at large. I want to see them get an at large. A, a, a team like Indiana in the Big Ten is getting an at large before the team that loses in the MAC championship game. That's just how it's it's going to be. Unfortunately, that is how it is. Yeah. Well, again, I figured I'd mention it, right? Because there is, and maybe that at-large bid goes somewhere else, right? And that's probably where it's going to go. But again, you know, that there is a extra, you know, bid to the NCAA tournament that's floating around. And uh, the team that could surge late, maybe like a Buffalo team that blew out Ohio and they blow out the rest of the way of their schedule, maybe they get a little bit of attention. Now, they're going to have to be ranked to really get that bid uh see like if this was a year like a couple years ago with that ridiculously good buffalo team that went like 31 and 3 if they lose a mac championship game and there's an extra bid they that might be a scenario but uh that was our time yeah that was was, (laughs) yeah that team was uh insane to watch freshman year right absolutely uh but you know i mean it was worth worth mentioning and you know Monty, we, we pride ourselves on knowing these rosters, right? We, we pride ourselves on knowing who's on the roster. And, and you know, when you see a number out there, you're like, hey, that's, uh, you know, number 11, Sam Towns, right? So I'm going to throw a name at you, and I just want you to let me know if you've heard of this guy or not. Because both right. Joey and I had no idea who this guy was. We had to look him up, and I guess we overlooked him on the roster. Uh, but this guy has come in and... and Put in some pretty valuable minutes for the Bobcats, uh, and he's only a freshman. But have okay. you heard of the name Jalen White? Yes, I have. You have. All right, so you're better than you we are. You should have prefaced it before, like, the Akron game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you heard of this guy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Jalen White, I mean, he shot a couple of threes. Uh, what do he have, three threes in the uh, – He went three for three against Akron from behind yeah. the argue. Uh, and then he hits uh, a two-pointer, then converts on the and one, uh, missed the three-point basket in, in the Buffalo game. Yeah, he scored like eight more against uh, Eastern Michigan. Yeah, I mean, but Jalen White's play, I think the future is even brighter. I mean, you have Sears in case you lose Preston. Plus, you have White, who seems like he can bring valuable minutes. Um, I, just, I mean, I think the Jalen White thing that... Uh, <laughs> Me, me and my one roommate, Monty, have this sort of... He's become our favorite player over the past week because, uh, like like Connor said, he stepped in the Akron game and shot three for three from behind the arc, then came in Eastern Michigan and ne- knocked down his next two threes he took, and we were like, this is the best kid on the team. He should play more. <laughs> but, uh, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was kind of where, where that stemmed from. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that Akron game, I think it showed you a lot about what this team is made of to be out Preston, out Dwight Wilson, coming off the long break against the number two team in the MAC, and you know you have guys like Miguel and Foster and uh, Colin Granger had to start. There's all these guys and like a guy like Jalen White who again like I hadn't even really heard of before that day. I mean, it's just truly and that was a truly inspiring performance and. We talked about this on the air, Monty. I mean, you got to say that Akron win has got to be the best win in the Bulls' era at this point. 
It, it's definitely in the conversation. I, I will say, given the circumstances and given that it was a conference game, the fact that we were able to beat Akron at that point was great. Uh, but that Cleveland State game, I still remember watching it. I was just chilling at home, and I tuned in, and all of a sudden, Ohio's on the longest run in Division One history. Yeah. What was it, 40 unanswered? I believe so. Yeah, and now Cleveland State's like 16-7 and seven and at the top of the Horizon League, so uh, it's... <laughs> yep, yep. I mean, the sta- major madness right there. I mean, the state of Ohio, it's, I believe there's some stat like every team is at or above 500, all the, all the uh, D1 teams across the state of Ohio. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I did see that as well. I mean, you got Ohio State who, uh, well, they just took a pretty tough loss to Iowa. He took that one right to the chin. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, Xavier, all the MAC teams, Cincinnati. Wright State, Cleveland is, State, yeah, Dayton, yeah. all of them, yep. Yep. Xavier? Yeah, Xavier is. Xavier. Cincinnati? Yep. You're just, you're just listing the ones we just said now. Oh, I, 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 I missed those two. I was trying to think of, like, Ohio State. Because he's thinking of these profound schools Monty just listed off. I didn't hear them. I was just trying to see. I, I didn't hear these teams. Uh, right? <laughs> My bad, Monty. The point is, cross state of yeah, Ohio basketball. I know and love. <laughs> well, the uh, are you talking to me? Yeah, listen, I, I got to get my hearing aids in here. Um, but it also helps when the Michigan teams are not doing well, right? Because uh, or the Illinois and and uh, I mean Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan, um, Western Michigan have not been good this year. Uh, plus, NIU has not been good this year. So when you have those teams who are out of the state of Ohio. Um, and the Ohio team's beating them, it's going to help a little bit. It's kind of strange how it's worked out, uh, you know, if you go back to the old school divisions, how much better the MAC East is than the MAC West outside of Toledo because obviously they're probably the best team in the conference. But, uh, I mean, if you, like, break it up, the MAC West is the bottom five teams in the conference. Yeah, I noticed that as well. These Michigan teams are having a a rough go at it, to say the least. (laughs) Not having a good time. No, yeah, that's tough. It's I believe the bottom four they own they come right now for conference wins they combine for more wins than only one team that being Ball State. Everybody else like I believe the bottom four combined for seven wins and everybody else except Ball State have eight or more. Yeah, yeah I'm looking at the bottom of the MAC in Northern Illinois two and fifteen. The Michigan teams, none of them won more than six games, so it's definitely a rough go. You got Central Michigan, Northern Illinois, eight and six losses in a row. It's it's tough. Well, this team right about now. Yeah, well, the state of Michigan. I'm sure they're all jumping on the Wolverines bandwagon right now. Anyway, so yeah, they they got a nice safety net. They'll be good. So Monty, I remember we talked about this uh, last year because it was it was pretty prevalent, but it, it's even more so now. Being the not that long ago, the Big Ten had three of the top five schools in the country. How many Big Ten teams are making the tournament this year? Because I'm looking at it right now, and I have a hard time thinking it's not going to get into double figures this year. Double figures? Uh, you know, I I would honestly say nine. I, I think either eight or nine. 
because you're looking. There, are, Minnesota has just taken a nosedive. I, I think the Golden Gophers are done, but sure enough, March Tom Izzo is back in full effect, and yeah. Michigan State is probably going to make it along with Duke. I know they're not Big Ten, obviously, and I don't know. I, I feel like Indiana is going to miss. So I don't know if double figures. I don't think it's going to get to double figures. I think Michigan State, in typical Tom Izzo fashion, will find a way to get in just because. And teams like Indiana and Minnesota, I just think they've kind of fallen off a little too hard here. Indiana really needs like another signature win because they've lost three games in a row now to Michigan State, Rutgers, and Michigan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I hear you. And, you know, Michigan State was going on a big surge, but then uh, they went out to College Park yesterday against, uh, as you know, my favorite head coach uh, and lost. And I was telling everybody all week there's not a shot in hell Mark Turgeon wins that game against Michigan State on Sunday. But the Terps, hey, they've been playing some good defense lately, and they've seemed to play their way into the tourney here. I'll give you credit because last year I was chirping you about how I thought (laughs) Maryland was going to be one of the – Worst teams in the Big Ten, so I, I got to give Mark credit where it's due. The, the Terps have uh, definitely exceeded expectations. They're playing their best basketball of the the year right now. You got some of the role players from the last few years. They've really stepped up. Your uh, your Wiggins and Ayala's of the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, you look at the top of this conference; it's just in, insanely good. Uh, Ohio State's started the fall off a little bit, but hopefully they can steer the ship back. Illinois, of course, I know Desumu being hurt is a, is a big deal. Uh, we'll see if he's able to come back. Yeah. But, I mean, Michigan is just seems to be a cut above uh, everybody else right now. Now, see, at the start of the year, I always pick a, a champion because I'm a big college basketball guy. I, I, I watch college basketball frequently from November to March, dedicated to it. And, and I know I you're... I know you're a big Joe Lenardi guy as well when it comes to watching all that stuff. Oh, of stuff. course I'm a big Joe Lenardi fan. He, he, <laughs> it fueled up of our, uh, <laughs> our jokes for, for my time at OU. But, uh, yeah, Gonzaga's still my pick. But Michigan just looks invincible right now, too. You're exactly right. One team that I don't really like in March, I feel like they're – I was actually talking with my good friend Noah Wolf from Iowa today, and he – we were agreeing that I think I was going to get bounced in the second round. I could see it for sure. I mean, they yeah. besides, you know, they had a good showing against Ohio State, but in a lot of the big games this year, they've kind of looked, you know, we don't like to, th- I don't I like to throw defend. the F word out there that much, but fraudulent. Fraudulent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, it, Monty, you mentioned Noah, and you also mentioned how you might have had a bad take on Michigan, uh, on Maryland basketball. Noah had the coldest take, I think, of all time. It was Uh-oh. it was uh, sometime in 2018, maybe even the fall of 2017. Oh, Millsy is digging deep into the bag for, the, for this <laughs> one. I'm, 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 <laughs> that's what freezing cold takes. <laughs> this, I am never going to let him live this down. But he tells me after a, a Jacob Degrom season, right? He goes, oh, you know, Degrom's overrated. Uh, you know, he's oh. he's going to go all the way down after this. Millsy had to get his one Mets reference in, in for the day. <laughs> we were ghosting along there. And there but, it is. But then, you know, he says that, you know, he's just going to take a turn and, and his career is going to be done, right? 
DeGrom wins Taylor back Greer's to... taking a turn. Yeah, his... No DeGrom won back-to-back -back Cy Youngs since Noah Wolf has said that and probably would have won a Cy Young last year had he uh, you know, had a full season. I don't know if Bauer could have sustained what he did over a full season. Um, but, you know, 2018, Noah Wolf says, you know, DeGrom's not going to be good. He goes out there and was the best pitcher and probably still is the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. But I again, I, I every time that I can't I, believe you just brought that up in well, a college basketball <laughs> conversation. I will I will not let no uh, look. Is that our transition? <laughs> uh, I really don't want to think about baseball too much right now. Uh, well, the, the Indians just kind of you know sold the face of our franchise and to the Mets of over the off season. So yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, a rough. I, I, I listen. I think the Indians will get back. I mean, you got Francona. He's a good manager, right? I mean, they have some pieces there. You have maybe the second best pitcher in baseball in Bieber. I like what he did. I mean, he had sustained success, and uh, probably is trending up. Um, yeah, he could be maybe the next Degrom. I think Degrom was the next Kershaw. Um, so I mean, there, there is a, a generational best pitcher. Uh, maybe it's Bieber coming up. But, you know, Monty, you can let him. We gotta get to another break, and then we'll probably go to baseball <laughs> there. But you can let him rub in this this whole Mets and uh, Lindor situation until we get to August, and oh, they're right. two games below five hundred, and they're two games probably... below five hundred, and it's not going anywhere near as well as it should. Listen, all I wanted to do with the baseball reference was rub it in to Noah after he had that freezing cold take. I mean, that was probably the worst baseball take. Well, I don't I don't know all the baseball takes out there, but I think Degrom, you know falling off after 2018 was probably one of the worst. Well, to wrap it all up, I am on board with him saying that Iowa could get bounced early yes. in the tournament. <laughs> I would have to agree with that. But either way, we'll take our break now. We'll come back. We'll wrap up with a little bit of baseball. Of course, Joe Rock pitches a no-hitter uh, for Ohio Bobcat baseball. We'll mention that, and we'll uh, yeah, see what the Reds did. Yeah, We're the uh, affiliate station of the Cincinnati Reds as well. So, all that coming up next. It's a Sportsman 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the Sports Fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Hi, I'm Kim, and this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's really not, it's the, not the Kim and Ruth Show. show. It's really... <laughs> I don't know. Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics and all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. 
Sportsman 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Mills of the Mike with Joe Medor and Brandamonte joining us on the phone lines today. Always good to have him. Uh, coming up, no sports later on tonight. Just a full sports fan today. Over on Wednesday, we will have uh, a double barrel. We got both both stations firing for high school basketball games. Uh, it will be the Trimble Tomcats right here on 970 WATH. And over on our sister station, WXTQ Power 105, there will be the Federal Hawking Lancers as they host uh, whatever team that they're hosting, the uh, 11 seed Fairfield. Uh, but that's on Wednesday. And then uh, Athens, we might have a, a stretch with a lot of Athens games too, Thursday and Friday to finish out their regular season. Go um, dogs. Go dogs. Mickey Cozart's going to do it again, Monty, no matter who they lose. And go Lancers. No, and yeah, go Lancers. That's, hey, I'll be on that call Wednesday, so it should be uh, – should be a good one. I mean, it's always fun when you see a team down here put up 90 points in a playoff game. You don't really get to see is that the too dynamic, often. Is it you and Brad Walker? Or? Brad's got a women's game, unfortunately. But, uh, I mean, I do know that that is a, an electrifying duo to hear on the, on, <laughs> on the radio dial. I mean, it sounds pretty good. Yeah, it'll be you and me for the Saturday game, should they make it that far. Uh, I hope, I mean, one of them should win, right? That, right. I, I hope both of them win, right? Yeah. Because then we have a regional Semifinal yeah. to go and call yeah, yeah, too. Exactly, uh, and and of course those games. You know, after Wednesday, both games and all games there on out will be on 105, uh, and then the coaches show will be before the Bobcat game on Friday. So we will mix match. Let you know about the schedule and everything. Um, wrap up. Bring the bring the show full circle here, Monty. You mentioned it. It might be baseball weather. I guess 40s is not warm enough for you guys. I don't know if in Joycey you guys play baseball in 40 degrees, but uh, we did. I, I mean, we it was pretty cold not, in Jersey. It's not ideal. And Brad and I you know, had baseball <laughs> games. Not at, <laughs> <laughs> well, every time you make contact, the hands sting. It's uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's gotta be. Rough. Yeah. Well, Monty, how how cold was it, or how warm was it in the beginning of the summer up in Alaska? Because I'll tell you, I had to borrow Brad's jacket. I got, I got frozen. We uh, had a record-setting summer with heat. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was like the hottest summer in like five decades in that's Alaska good. when me and Nick went up. Hey, I, I kid you not. Hey, Monty, the that's trip, you, I'm pretty sure it touched 100 a couple times. Monty, you know, wherever Nick Velen goes, the heat follows. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's the understatement of the century. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, because, again, for those of you who don't know, uh, Brad Walker and I went up to Alaska and called games for the Matsu Miners, and then the year after, Brandon Monty and Nick Velen went up to Alaska and called games for the Matsu Miners. The OU uh, Alaska Pipeline. Yep, I mean, it was uh, pretty good. And that's a league just like uh, the the Copperheads are here with the Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League. Uh, but in that league, we saw uh, Asa Lacey, who's the third overall pick in the MLB draft. I hear um, he's a bust. Listen, I don't think he's a bust. I mean, this is a lefty <laughs> with a 95-mile-per-hour fastball all and a curveball that he can locate. All I know is all my, all my O's guys on Twitter were happy they passed on him. Really? I would this. I would much rather have the Mets draft wow. Asa Lacy. I, I put some. <laughs> I put some money on Lacy making it to the bigs and, and having some success. But again, you know he's on Kansas City's team. He's going through the, uh, you know, the process there, and I think he'll be on the Royals sooner rather than later. But we'll see how he develops. Anyway, the Reds uh, they need to develop some talent here, Monty. Uh, the Reds. It's a spring training game, and there is no stock in spring training whatsoever. However. 
They did lose 13-5 to earlier today, and they lost their first game yesterday. Um, they, again, spring training, but early goings for the Reds. They got to figure out a different matchup here because uh, only six hits. They got five runs, but um, they got to smooth things out before the regular season starts April 1st. Yeah, you know, last year, two teams that I bought stock heavily into were Cincinnati and the Chicago White Sox. I, I was really disappointed with the Reds last year. I, I thought, you know, they had a lot of potential coming into that season. They spent a lot of money in free agency. I, I still don't don't mind their lineup going into this year. I, I think from top to bottom, there's a good amount of talent that, the biggest thing is, of course, you lose a Cy Young guy in Trevor Bauer who hasn't really been a consistent Cy Young-level producer throughout his career, but still a big loss nonetheless. And the other big question is, what do you get out of Vada? Right. I think what you got to worry about is if you find yourself in June with this team and just the, the results aren't getting there, you're going to be in a position where they're going to be sellers at the trade market and you're not selling. try to continue Absolutely. to to do build up what we thought they had last year. And, I mean, last year, them making the postseason was a shocker in itself because they had a three-week stretch where they were one of the worst-hitting teams I've ever seen. So No, it, it was it was bad from <clears throat> yeah. top to bottom with that lineup, which, again, was just really disappointing. You know, they went out and got a big pickup in Moustakis, and, and Suarez didn't have a season he wanted, but we'll see. I, hoping the Reds can, I, I see them being third in the Central this year. Yeah, I mean, they need some hitting. They need consistent hitting. I think the pitching's going to be there, but only time will tell. Brandon Monty, always appreciate your time, and thanks for hopping on the Sports Fan with us. Thank you for having me, guys. Again, this has been the Sports Fan 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. For Joe Medor and Brandon Monty, this is Connor Mills signing off. We'll talk to you tomorrow. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-L-P.